Welcome to Pathless Podcast. The only podcast where a guy named Ben, a dude named Matt, a dude named Reed, and his little brother Jeremy, and their friend Sam get together to play D&D 5th Edition uh, after experiencing Pathfinder. Today is the first episode of our new season. Uh, if you didn't tune in last time, we did some character intros, so please download that episode. That was actually episode zero. This is episode one, and we're going to be jumping into uh, where our characters are at as they arrive in or around Tribeck. So, Corian, you are at the farm of Fingen Merriwin, just outside of Tribeck. Mm-hmm. Hello, Duke Corian. What can I do for you? Oh, well... Duke is my father. I haven't inherited a title yet, but I appreciate the uh, sentiment. Oh, I, I saw from your royal robes the seal on the crest, so I had assumed. Mm. What brings you to my farm today? Oh, well, being a fellow noble, I thought it proper to check in with you and make your acquaintance while I'm traveling. Oh, yes, very good. Well, uh, things have been good. Uh, I run this farm on my own, and... Uh, more or less, I've been lucky enough to stay away from the forge, you know, that riffraff, and uh, keep things running the way they were meant to be. I'm sure the way your father runs things as well. Of course, of course, the ancient ways. Yes. So, uh, are you planning on heading into Tribeck? Yes, that would be the next logical step after here. Perfect. Well, uh, while you're there, I had put up an advertisement to uh, get some help you see, my animals are being slaughtered by some sort of uh, beast in the night. So, if you could, just check on that for me, and uh, maybe return on your travels after Tribeck. Let me know. I don't get a chance to leave the farm because I'm the only one running it. Oh, I understand. Um, well, certainly I would uh, check in, but I, I, I feel this is a good opportunity for me to expand my horizons. After all, I am the son of uh, Duke Zillicent military commander of the region, so I believe I have some... I could assist in the matter. Very good. Uh, well, please do just check on it and come back to me after doing so, and if, you know, if you're interested, I'll definitely give you a shot. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, um, after Quarion, let's go to Morva. That should be simple enough. And more of a you are actually arriving in Tribeck proper. So, um, you get to the town. Uh, first of all, it's full of a lot of young people. And, uh, you have never traveled this far south before mm. from, you know, like where you lived up in the Veyron Mountains. Right. Uh, also, just like previous towns that you had experienced, um, in your background, you're getting a lot of looks because the Dragonborn people have not been seen for some time. And, uh, there's a lot of dark history behind the dragonborn people. So, um, you know, just uh, be prepared to be awkward and, uh, like, you know, pe people aren't, nece aren't necessarily going to be the kindest to you or they're going to come up and take selfies with you. So it'll be one of the two. So um, where, where do you want to... Hopefully selfies. Yeah, hopefully selfies. Where did you want to head in town? Uh, is there a marketplace? Yeah, we could definitely head, Probably head towards that. Okay, cool. So uh, you get into this marketplace. Uh, you notice that just as the woman had told you in Telus, there are a lot of jewelers selling jewels there. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there's also a little bit of um, prototype forges. And uh, those stands are ran by younger kids again, half-elves, humans, um, probably like in their 20s to 30s, you know, give or take. Mm -hmm. So what would you like to approach? 
I'd like to go to a jeweler. I'll uh, just nearest jeweler. <laughs> Might as well. So uh, you see a jeweler off to the side who's got like um, a bunch of necklaces hanging, and you say like, oh, well, I've got a necklace now with my pendant here. So uh, you come on up. He's a male, um, human again. What could I do for you? Um, I was wondering if you could look at this thing and tell me if you know anything about it. Sure. So he takes a look at it, and you notice after about like a minute or so that he's just inspecting every single rock on your chain okay. that uh, the medallion's on. And, um, you know, he's going, very, very nice chain. Are you looking to sell it? No. No, it's uh, important to me. I was um, wondering if you knew anything about the face. What face? On the... In the center. Oh, oh, this medallion. Yeah. That's cheap. That's worth nothing. I, I, you know, I'm more interested in this chain around it, so... Uh, if you're not interested in selling, that's fine. What what brings you to my uh, stand? I was wondering if you might know anything about the beast face? No, I've never seen this. Uh, most of the jewelry is supposed to be pretty, so... I couldn't see a woman who'd want to wear a beautiful chain like this and then a, you know, pendant of a beast face. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Good. Very good. Can I interest you to buy anything while you're here? Uh, nope. Sorry. Okay. Um, so he's kind of like, uh, giving you weird looks as you walk away. He thought you were going to be like a, a sale, so he's being as nice as possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Now he's, you know, just muttering out his breath like a filthy dragonborn. <laughs> so, um, let's hop over to Bay Breeze. All right. So, Bay Breeze, same deal, just got into town. You see a lot of the same things that, uh, Morva did. And, um, actually, why are you in town again? Uh, I'm still looking for an either... Uh, some information on this elven writing, mm -hmm. and I'm also looking for information on this little statue that I have. Okay, so um, you found your way to the jeweler's district, and um, you uh, actually made your way up to one of the jewelers near the place that Morva did. Um, so uh, you're you're talking with this jeweler about this horse, and you see suddenly that the jeweler is like losing all interest in you as like this. Uh, silvery, scaly half-man starts, like, walking up to a thing across the way. Uh, up to a stand across the way. So, we'll engage uh, the two of us, just like, uh, you know, me being the shopkeeper, stopping mid-sentence, and you waiting for my response, and just, you know, me gazing off. Sure. So, have you seen this item? Have you ever seen something of this? And, uh, you know, she picks it up and looks at it, and then uh, looks past it again to the dragonborn. I look over. Aye, do you not see many of that type? Looks like a sea beastie. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, my, uh, my parents told me awful stories about the dragonborns, so I guess I'm a little shooken up. But, uh, yes, this, this horse. Um, well, it seems like it's made of a mixture of uh, different types of rock and earth. So, uh, I, I don't know how fragile it is, but it would be hard to craft something like this and keep it together. Right. Have you ever seen anything of the likes? No, I can't say I have. Uh, I do know that, like, nobles in the South, you know, like horses a lot, since they represent a time of old. 
So maybe it was a horse collector who wanted a statue made of his horse. I, I don't know what else it would be. I dare you. And do you know of any old elves around the area? Um, you know, maybe if you travel a little north, you could. Uh, oh, wait. There's Fingen outside of town. You know, he, he could give you what you're interested in, possibly. But no one goes and talks to Fingen, really. He's really behind the times. Aye, well, thank you very much for the help. Here's a little trinket I picked up from the south. And I hand her just, like, a little little trinket I picked up down in, um, uh, Piazza. Well, well, thank you. So, uh, your character turns around and you see, like, this dragonborn, like, kind of holding this medallion in his hand with this nice, beautiful, expensive chain. And, uh, walking away from the stand across the way, so... Oh, there, Sea Beastie, how are you? Excuse me? I see you, uh, carrying a beautiful medallion. What, what are you doing here today? As I just w- start walking alongside you. Just gonna kind of, like, keep my medallion a little bit closer, like, it's a gift, or never more, for my people. Oh, don't worry, I'm not interested in it, in taking it. I just want to see if anything. I'm, I just came from the sea, and I've seen tons of things. I just wanted to know what you can. Oh. Well, yeah, I guess I'll turn it towards him. It's this thing. So what, beast it, face. so what does it look like? It's a city and necklace. has a beast face on it. I don't know what the beast is, though. Oh, have I seen that beast before? Uh, I don't think so, no. Oh, I've never seen it, but it sure is ugly. The medallion's beautiful, but the beast. I'm... <laughs> so I just, uh... I'm actually here looking for a little bit of information myself. Are you heading anywhere? Um, I don't really have any place in mind. I'm trying to figure out anyone who knows, actually, who does any of this kind of obsidian work. Well, I tell you what, I'm not sure about obsidian, but I'm going to go talk to this old elf called Fingen outside of town. He might know something about that. Hmm. I guess. All right. And I pat him on the lower back because I'm probably shorter than him. Yeah. And we walk off together. Okay. Cool. So, uh, we'll hop over to Notch. So, Notch, it's about midday, which means it's time for you to go in for your night shift at um, the Thromberg Archive. Uh, as you're making your normal pass to the Archive, you see a, a very short gnome um, who's dressed really, really weird, especially because like this is more of a... I'm going to call it a hip town because there's a lot of young people who are into forge and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this is like some old gnome with straggly hair, I think. Uh, what else are some descriptors of uh, Wimble? Uh, he's got like a salt and pepper beard and he has like <laughs> high leather boots what? and he has like a leather jacket with uh, little like dangles all over it. Nice. And then next to him is something you've never seen before, a dragonborn, but you know a lot about them. Yes. Um, and they're coming towards me or... You're walking towards them, towards the archive. Okay. Um, I put the things I'm carrying to the archive away, and I pull out a little notebook, uh, and I just start taking notes on the on the dragonborn, uh, his appearance. I've never seen one in person, so this is extra extra exciting. Um, do I? And I continue walking yeah, up to them. Okay. So, um, you're an Astamor, is that correct? Uh, Tiefling. Tiefling. So right. I have a... I always get the mixed up. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, a, a long tail, I have horns, and my eyes are just pure green. Yeah. So I look weird. So, um, out of the side of your eye, you guys are about to, like, turn around to head out of town. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you feel like you see the first mate. Uh, her name was Tarda. Tarda. Um, so you turn real quick, and you notice like a guy who's staring, so maybe at you, but if not you, you know the, the man next to you, who looks a lot like Tarda, but isn't quite her. Definitely a different shade. Um, you know his horns aren't as long. I know that much. And uh, he's literally just scribbling in a notepad while uh, looking up. Looking at you guys and walking towards you. So, Oi, you over there. Red one. Uh, salutations. Do you know a Tarda? A Captain Tarda? Mm, no, not familiar with her. Okay. I know, I know a lass who looks just like you. The horn's a little bit longer. The hooves, not as shiny. <laughs> uh, hmm, that's interesting. I have not uh, come across her. Um, which is interesting. Well, I haven't been around here lately. So she's from here. I wouldn't have met her. Oh, no, no, no. She's from all over. You might not have seen her. I figured she might be a cousin. Hmm. What was the name again? Tarda? Tarda. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. And what are you carrying, my lad? My notebook? No, no, no. The things behind you. Do I see scrolls over your shoulder? Yes. What are those? Scrolls? Yeah. Uh, I write on these parchments and I roll them up. And then they are scrolls. Have you not heard of a scroll, lad? I'm from up north, man. <laughs> really far up north. Mm, even the dwarves I lived with up north knew what scrolls were. At least I taught them. Where we're from, we just don't do that kind of stuff. Hmm. Interesting. And as I go to reach for a scroll, scroll to down. take a look at it? Oh, oh, hi, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to see what was going on here. You know, uh, I'm a man of many uh, writings and readings myself. Really? Oh, that's interesting. To care to tell me what you've been doing? Uh, sure. I've actually found this, and I pull out like a scraggly piece of paper with just like some scribbles on it. Uh, this old Elvis writing. I'm actually looking to see uh, what this means. Have you seen anything like this? Um, so, uh, just, you know, out of character, in character knowledge, your character has come across books in the library that use a similar script, but okay. you're unable to read it. Right. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not as versed in Elven as I wish to be, but I have seen similar, um, script beforehand. Hmm, and where did you see all this? I work in the library. Oh, the library! Would you like to take me there and, uh, show me some of these books? Sure. Uh, I I am on my way. Oh, and don't worry. I have time to school you yet. And, uh, Morwa, don't worry, we'll go to see Finnegan afterwards. So, my lad, what's your name again? My name is Notch. Notch. I'm Baybreeze. Baybreeze. And what is your name here, sir? Morva. Morva. I scribbled that down. Uh, and you said you are from up north? Yeah. Interesting. How long have you been up north? Since I grew up, mostly. I only left here recently. My uh, clan is no longer with me. And what do you do in your free time? For fun? Eat. You're not really dating the lad. Come on, let's go. Let's uh, talk about this after a few drinks. We, we can walk and talk. This is uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, so let's hop back to Corion. Mm-hmm. Um, so Corion, you've left the um, estate. Yeah, the estate, mm-hmm. and you forgot to check exactly where his posting was. Um, one of the only places that's government property in Tribeca is the Unity which is the school there. 
mm-hmm. and the Thrombag Archive. Um, there's guard stations too, but uh, you know, chances are that you can't just post, you know, help gotcha. wanted signs there. So, uh, you know, it's it's closer to go to Thromberg Archive. Is your character okay with heading there, or is there anywhere else you want to stop before him? Um, well, I was actually thinking of stopping at the uh, guard station, just because sure. I imagine they would know about any notices posted, so they could direct me to where. Yes, definitely. Let's stop by the guard station like that. So, um, you get to the guard station, and there is a older, fat male there, uh, who's standing at the guard station all by himself. It is probably a 30-foot by 30-foot uh, stone building, mm-hmm. and it's got this big opening, you know, kind of like a drive through window type idea uh, that he's standing behind. So uh, you get up to him, and he kind of just grunts at you. Good noon, sir. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that perhaps you could direct me to where... Fingen Merweather placed his uh, notice for help. That guy again. Uh, what has he got you believing now? Oh, it's not so much what he has me believing. I was just sent to check on any responses to the matter. I'm sure no one's been dumb enough to respond. The man's been claiming that, you know, turkeys, a goat, a pony, and now a workhorse have all been killed off by some beast. I come in each morning, I check it out. Animals are dead, but, you know, we told him to lock up his barn, and he says he has, but he's just old and senile and keeps forgetting to put the lock on, I'm sure, letting some wolves get in. That's what it looks like to me. Well, even so, I'm here to inspect the, uh, the, uh, summons and see if anybody has responded. Well, I believe he put it up in the Thrombeg archive, so... You can twaddle your elven butt up there if you want. I'm sorry, sir. Who is your superior? I run this town. Like, he's, he's the head guard. the entire town? Well, it's my duty to foresee the security of Tribeck. And who precisely funds this operation? The Great King. I see. I will have to speak to him. Well, you're a little far from that to speak to the king, but... Anything else I can do for you, oh great elf? No, that will be all. Very good. So, um, your character is headed to Thromberg Archive. The other three characters arrive in Thromberg Archive. Um, Notch, when you arrive, mm-hmm. your fellow co-worker, who is... Job. Yeah, Job. Um, is there sleeping behind the counter, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is not really that crazy of a sight. Yeah, not uncommon. I am not phased by this. I whip my backpack off and put it on the counter next to him, um, hopefully start him awake, and then I tell him he can send a punch in for me. Sure. So, uh, he, he kind of wakes up, um, for Morva and... Bay Breeze. Uh, this is like a younger guy. Um, he's a, I believe, is he a half elf or a human? I, don't I think half elf. Yeah, he's a younger half elf. And uh, just a scrawny, shorter half elf, not well kept. And um, he actually is 
less startled by Notch dropping his things um, than by there being more than, like, two bodies in the library at any one time. <laughs> so he goes, oh, you know. Uh, who, who are you guys? Laura. Oh, we're friends there, buddy. Don't worry. Really? Well, Notch just told me some really great stories. Are, are, the, are these guys from the, um, what is it, the Topak tribe? Uh, no, they're not part of the Topak tribe. Those would be my dwarf friends. Uh, these two, I, uh, I just met, but, uh, this one's interesting, vapid at times, but interesting. Um, and Job, are you familiar, you're familiar with Elvish. Are you, with ancient Elvish? I had to learn about it. I can't tell you how much I remember. Uh, maybe, uh, Baybreeze might be the one to talk to for you. And I reach my hand up and slap down the piece of paper on the table and push it forward for him. Cool. So, uh, he picks it up and he looks at it. And he squints, and uh, he kind of looks over at you, looks back at it, and goes, Where did you get this? Down an old ancient uh, elvish farm. I have no clue what it means. And, you know, slaps it back on the counter back to you. And says, I guess I'm out. Uh, the, the night is yours, Notch. Good luck. Thanks, Job. Good and he to starts, see you as always. Yeah, he starts making his way out. Job starts making his way out. So We ate things bigger than him in the mountains. <laughs> what an odd one. Well, that is uh, what happens when you embellish a little too much at nighttime. And you have to work in the morning. So while you guys are sitting there talking, um, a noble-looking elf walks in the front of the archives. Oh, hello, sir. Welcome to the library. You work here? Yes, I do. Um, I was looking for Fingen Merweather's notice and to see if there were any replies to it. So you would find his notice up on the board in the library. Mm-hmm. I direct him at, come, come here, follow with me. Um, what are we supposed to be doing? Oh, you, you can stay. I'm looking through books and just throwing them when I realize that they're not what I need. <laughs> uh, I quickly fix my glasses while you're doing that. Um, here, sir, is our notice board. Um, here is Finnegan's um, message. And do you know if there have been any replies to it? None that I have heard. Is there any notes or anything no. attached to it? Uh, there might be, like, some scribbles on it, but it was probably just job doing math or something. <laughs> so, God. yeah, no, nothing legible or uh, no signs that it's been responded to. Nothing sensical. Oh. Yeah. Well, that is most unfortunate. Can I walk over and, like, look over them and see what the... or, like, try to read the board? Yeah. So, did it say... what does it say? Oh, um, so... Mary... Uh, uh, I'm gonna kind of step a few steps away from these guys while they're <laughs> <laughs> looking at the board okay keep your distance so yeah um Morva moves up to the board and it's written in common it says uh that cattle have been being killed by beasts for the past couple of days uh paying one gold per beast killed um payment on delivery of the beast and um 
you know, welcome to stay as long as you'd like to look for the beast within my barn. Hmm. Yeah, nothing useful to me. What would be interesting for you? Well, I'm looking for anyone who knows of sitting work. I just kind of like... Sitting work. Is that a traditional uh, metallurgy in your town? Mm, or with your folk? Not usually. That's why I'm here. <laughs> interesting. Cool. So, uh, Gentlemen, should I assume you know each other? Not really. I don't know this guy. I didn't imagine no so. No relation. Simply because you are quite an odd group. I'm just trying to find a guy named Uno, too. Anyone know him? Anybody? <laughs> Uno? Uno? Uno. I no. don't know. I can't say I've made his acquaintance. Okay. No guy named Dose, but I don't know if that's going to help you. <laughs> Maybe he's his brother. That's I don't know. Fascinating. And well, I... this is quite disappointing to find out that there was no replies to Mr. Merriweather's request. I don't suppose any of you would be interested. I would hate to go back empty-handed. Oh, Maybe he knows you now. I'm going to walk over. It is certainly a possibility. I'm going to go pick up the books you put down. <laughs> put down. <laughs> so, uh, not just straight up the books and Bainbury said he wanted to walk over. Alright. And, um, so, I heard you speak of, uh, someone's name, May? It's Merwind. Merwind. Yeah. Merwind. And what's his first name? Fingen. Fingen? I need to talk to that elf. Oh, well, he lives right outside of town. I don't know why you didn't see him earlier. Oh, I just heard about him when I was in town. Ah, I see. Well, I'll tell you what. If it'll help me get with his good graces, I'll go kill some of these beasties with you, and you can show me where this guy lives. Oh, you need something from him? Yeah, I want to have him take a look at some uh, some old elvish uh, work. Not me. Oh, Fingen, Fingen. You mean, getting Fingen's good graces. Yes. Oh, I thought you pointed to the scaly fellow over there. Oh, no, a sea creature. I don't go on their good graces. Oh, he's a sea creature. He seems like a nice nice enough fellow, though. From the mountains. Uh, He must have been away from the ocean a long time. That's why his skin's so cracked. (laughs) Just looking at myself. (laughs) Alright, so these two are interested in going over to Fingen's. Um, I know that Notch has to work. Well, Morva, you said that you want to speak to Fingen too. So if we kill these guys, we can go back over and now maybe he'll be able to look at that little necklace you got there. I suppose. And maybe they'll have ugly faces just like that pendant. So Morva, what's your response? I'll see if he knows you now. If not, then... I don't have any point in being with him. There you go. Yes, well, it seems that everything is in order then. Thank hey, you, well. sir, for your assistance. Yeah, uh, babies. Um, while you're out and you're with him, if you do happen to come across anything, could you keep an eye on his behaviors? Uh, sure. More about his behaviors. Why does he want to know so much about me? I don't know. I think he likes you. I just have never encountered your kind in person. 
I'd like to know more information. Yeah, we're kind of a dime a dozen nowadays. Interesting. Well, not a dime a dozen. Yeah, so I will understand all of you once I understand you. <laughs> no. Oh. Opposite? Maybe. Well, Notch, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just come with us, leave the books. There doesn't seem to be anybody else in here anyway. Maybe bring two or three if you want to do some light reading. And then we'll come back later. Um, hmm. Why don't you check back with uh, Fimgen? Uh, make sure that that's what he wishes you guys to do. Oh, I thought we were going to kill the beasts and then go to Fingen. Well, no, it we seems... would stop by Fingen's house first and then... It, the beasts are attacking his cattle, so... Ah, I see, I see. Hmm. Send word for me once you know. Cool. I'll gather some books. Favors <laughs> is like, who says that? Send word for me. <laughs> what do you mean, like, call really, really loud across the town? Land <laughs> ho! <laughs> Alright, um, so some guy that you guys haven't been introduced to, um, right, I don't think you introduced yourself, or did you? Not yet. No. Yeah, okay. Um, and then we have Babries and Morva heading off to Fingens right now, is that correct? Yes. Cool, Not just has to stay and clean up Babries' mess, and he's also too much of a goody-goody to skip out on work, so. So you guys are headed over together. Would you guys like any time to roleplay before arriving to Fingen's? Um, just for the record, naturally, I would introduce myself as we're leaving the library. Sure. So So go ahead. Why don't we tell you that? Okay. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen coming along to help with this errand. Uh, I'm Corian Zillicent. Uh, Corian. I'm, people call me Bay Breeze. So Zillicent rings a bell in your brain. Zillicent? Yeah. That's Penlod's last name. Oh! Zillizen, you're Penlod's son. That is quite a jump of logic, but yes, this is accurate. <laughs> I met your old man back at the farm about a week ago. Oh, I, I see. Yeah, really nice guy. Tons of fantastic rapiers. Yes. I left him, uh, I left him my old captain's rapier. Oh, I'm sure he was delighted. Oh, absolutely. He told me to say hello to you. And uh, he saw, showed me some beautiful paintings of you. I can't believe I didn't recognize you. Yes, that, quite a fortuitous meeting, I would say. Yes, a very good meeting. <laughs> Alright, cool. So, Morva, if, if you don't have any chimes. Yourself? Um, Morva. Morva. Hi. I, I apologize, I have not met person of your particular race. Uh, what do you go by? As a culture? We're dragonkin. Ah, uh, dragonkin. I see. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that would explain the scales, yes. Yeah. I'm a silver dragon from up north. Marin uh, Mountains. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, the dragon. Dragonborn, you mean. Yeah. Oh, we are all kin, of course, I, but... I apologize. Yeah. Uh, been a while. Yes, most unfortunate. Cool. Boy, this turned uh, <laughs> dark very quickly. And you guys mind telling me what's going on? It's at this point, it's water under the bridge. There's not not much that can be well addressed for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the reason I'm here. But uh, my people got slaughtered. By the way. So that is new information to Corian. 
Unless he misinterprets it. Uh, I'm misinterpreting it as okay, cool. um, Murdoch's assault yes. on him. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, good. Oh, did, did his dad have anything to do with it? With all those nice rapiers? No. I sure hope uh, not. No, we did. Mm-hmm. Was it like a baseball game you got slaughtered in? <laughs> no. A what? Baseball. What's that? You've never seen it? Oh, these people, they swing sticks around, and then they spin around a little ball. It's great. It's fantastic. In far lands, you guys don't have that here? What do you do in your free time? Kill and eat. I study and practice my swordsmanship. I just on the garden sometimes. More often. You know, the ladies down in Piazza were a lot be- more beautiful and had a lot more interesting things to talk about. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're comparing us to ladies, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's what I spend my time with, boys. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> cool. So you guys good to arrive at Fingen's? Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Fingen is out, and we're going to say, you know, the sun's starting to go down, so he's starting to gather his cattle together. Um, he's got many different types of uh, animals. He's not a um, vegetable type farmer or a grass farmer mm-hmm. you know he's a cattle and cattle and animal farmer so um he's got his big stick in his hand and you see him herding things into this very large barn um and that's when you guys can grab him sir merwin oh yes you again yes most unfortunately i regret to inform you that there were no replies to your notice however i took it upon myself to Acquire some assistance. I see. He's like looking strangely. Uh, so there's not a lot of gnomes in Felicia at all. So you, you two are very strange. And he is an old elf. So he's a bit wary about the dragonborn people. Hi. He nods at you in response. So let's get down to business then. Uh, you're welcome to stay in the barn. I have created these new pens, uh, and you guys can look inside. He gives you the tour for all the animals to be kept here at night. Uh, I tried this once already with a lock on the door, and my workhorse was killed off. So I would prefer that you stayed with all the animals to ensure that none of them were lost. And I'm sure as you read the posting, any beast that comes across, that you come across uh, and kill, I will gladly pay you one gold for its carcass. It's rather generous, would you not say? Is it one gold each? One gold per carcass. Ah, sounds good to me. But Fingen, let me ask you, after this, I have some paperwork I want you to, I want to ask about. I'd be happy to help. Perfect. Also, do you know a guy named Duno? Yes, yes I do. Wow, cool. You know where I can find him? Maybe, uh, we shouldn't talk about Uno. And he kind of gets back to... Pushing the animals together. Tell you what, um, Morva, we'll we'll talk to him later after we uh, help him out with this little BC problem. Maybe he'll be a little nicer to help us out. Uh, Sir Merwin, uh, just for my reference, is there any reason that you should assume there is more than one beastie, as you put it? Uh, well, I... I really have no clue how a beast would kill my workhorse. He was really a strong brute. 
So maybe there were multiple. According to um, the head guard, whose name is Travis Dorth, you know, plump fellow. Oh, I had the most displeasurable time meeting him. Somehow I don't find that to be a surprise. But uh, he's come out and investigated and, and claims that it was wolves who have eaten my animals. I, I merely ask because, assuming it is multiple beasties, then I can certainly understand one gold piece, but should it be one larger beast, since obviously it must have the strength to carry off a war, uh, workhorse? Yes, yeah, I would be open to negotiation and understanding. I mean, if you can stop my animals from being killed, I can sustain my livelihood. So, you know, very, very reasonable, Corian. Very reasonable. Very good, very good. I Well, I'll go tell Notch about this, and I'll be back in a little bit, fellas. Before sundown? I, I get to hope you return before sundown. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so uh, the killings are happening after sundown when everyone's in the shed, so you guys will have to be in there at night. Um, when do you get told about Uno? It depends if you want to press the matter more with Fingen or what you want to do. So well, I was like kind to... of attempting to be in character. Huh? I was kind of attempting to be in character. Oh, okay. So, uh, like, I'm just going to, like, turn towards him and be like... Yeah. So when do I get to learn about Uno? Uh, have you met Uno before? No then you might want to know that he's a criminal forger. Hmm. Yes, he's been driven out of town for some time now. He used to sell lots and lots of, uh, you know, fine art pieces and jewels in town, and then a couple found out that they were fake, and now he is on the land. Or lamb. Is lamb. On the lamb. On the lamb, yeah. Do you think we know anything about this? I wouldn't know. I didn't actually deal much with him. I never go into town. Uh, I've got too much to handle here on my own, so. Got it. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go with this guy. Okay. Try to see if anyone else in town knows about him now. Sure. And I'll be back. All uh, right. Would you mind if I stayed in your manor for the time being till this evening? Sounds fine. Yeah, no big deal. Okay. Uh, so as we go back to town, uh, Morva, uh, stay right here, buddy. I'm gonna go make a quick stop. Okay. I guess I'll stay at the... I'll meet you at the library. Oh, great. Okay. Alright. So Morva's headed to the library. Actually, I'll take a couple stops along the way. Well, actually, is anyone in the marketplace anymore, or... No, everyone's pretty much done. Yeah, okay. since I lost my leads, I'm going to just wait at the library then. Cool. I'm just going to buy a cheap bottle of liquor and sure. then just drink it while I'm walking to the library. You got it. All right, so Morva's already at the library um, sitting with Notch. Did you guys want any time for that, or can we keep moving? Sure. Basically, Notch um, has written a little note onto the desk saying... Um, Please be careful with all books. <laughs> we'll return. <laughs> Notch. Okay. And Bay Breeze walks in, uh, you know, no bag, just bottle. Just bottle. <laughs> yeah, just bottle. Um, taking a few swigs. So there's word? Ah, yes. And here's a look of courage. 
And I just kind of shove the bottle on your chest. Uh, and I'll let it go so you have to grab it or else it's going to fall. Uh, I spoke to the old... Uh, I spoke to the old elf, Fingen, and he just needs us to help out with a couple of uh, little beasties in the dark. And then we'll have our gold and be on our way. Uh, sounds good. And I reach over my desk and pull out a whole like adventuring backpack. Alright guys, I was just, I needed time to gather my things. I'm ready. Well, at least you can carry your weight. Of course. Uh, yeah, I should be fine. I can at least catch it, like, stay up with you guys. Alright, and I'm just gonna snag like, a little book, just take a look at it, and just kind of put it in my little pack. So and I'm gonna pick up the bottle from you and just start drinking and walk out the door. Okay. Remember, note that. This is what people do nowadays, right? I'll uh, I'll uh, put that in your time card so you can return it. Alright, thank you. Alright, very good. Um, so you all arrive back to Fingen. Uh, Corian <laughs> is sitting like outside in a nice chair with a uh, drink in his hand, just relaxing. And um, you guys see that Fingen is just getting to the porch as you guys arrive. So. So I guess he doesn't work much. Who? In regards to Corian. Um, just kind something of you guys are needs to. to. Uh, okay, good. You're saying that to them. Yeah. Well, we're walking up. Walking up. Yeah. Mm, well, he appears to be noble. Yeah, do you look at those robes, lad? I'm sure he comes crawling with it. I take a big swig. Mm-hmm. Alright, so Fingen says, Alright, uh, I left the barn open for you. Please do lock up. And, uh, good luck tonight. Thank you, sir. I look forward to giving you a positive report in the morning. Very good. So he goes inside, and it is the four of you waiting outside. Uh, you have one key that you were handed for the barn when he said, you know, lock up. And, you know, he handed it to Corian. Corian. So, you guys head to the barn? Yep. Are we sleeping? Are we inside the barn? I would suggest staying inside the barn. I'm yeah. going to leave my, uh, I have a hunting draft, so I'm going to, like, just place it outside. Uh, assuming room. all the animals do not freak out at the sight of. <laughs> More well. <laughs> That's an interesting concept that I didn't write into the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we're buddies. Yeah, I'm, all sure, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Notch could also be a problem. I could do that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Alright, so um, you guys get to the barn. I'm going to try not to draw everything out, but uh, it is a fairly large barn. It has only one entrance. Uh, which is, you know, a 10-foot-wide entrance, and it's pretty tall, maybe, like, 20-foot wide. Does, um, it, does it have a loft and a loft window, or...? Um, yeah, I was going to have it be two stories, mm -hmm. so, like, a loft is just, like, an open second story, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's got an open second story, and there are animals literally everywhere. It's very hard to find footing in this place. Some of them are in pens, other ones are not. Um, but, yeah, you've got two wooden doors to work with, there is various pieces of farm equipment and, uh, you know, large bags of feed. Um, there are lanterns already lit for you guys inside the barn. And the door has a wooden plank that can come down and rest in front of it, as well as a lock that was screwed into the wall and then can be attached to a hole in the wooden plank. So, 
when it's brought down. Mm. Well, since we can lock it from the inside, I suggest we do that. Okay. Makes sense. Did I put yep. down my trap like I said I would? I'm, I'm like putting down a hunting trap, like, outside the door. Outside the front door? Okay. Yeah. I missed that. So, yeah, so you have a hunting trap outside the front door. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, I set up a little hay bale seat and take out a book. Might I suggest somebody keep me watch upstairs? Uh, if you think you can fit up there. I don't think I can. So, oh, me! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes. Of course. So I leave uh, my backpack there and I take the book up with me. Okay. What, what book did you grab? I'm just curious. Oh, uh, five liquor, or the finest liquors of... Uh, Try back. I read that one. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully uh, afterwards we can maybe split a bottle. And I go up there and uh, with the rest, I leave an empty bottle at the foot of the um, ladder <laughs> as I walk up. Are you all right to climb up and down the ladder? I do. I do. I look like I'm not able to walk up this ladder. <laughs> and I kind of stumble a little bit, but I'm good. All right then. I go back to reading. So I go to the top, and I guess I sit next to the window. Hopefully there's, like, a dog or something I can kind of lay down and, like, look out. So the window, I'm going to... The the loft sides don't cut across to the center of the barn above the doors. They stay on the sides. Okay. So your windows are going to look out to the... Like, if, if the front door is north, to the west and the east. So you can look out to the west. And um, where this barn is situated... There are other, like, feed houses, a chicken coop, um, some, like, random bushes and stuff, and pens for the pigs. And then also west is where his house is. So you can see his house out west. So are you going to be on the west side or east side of the loft? Uh, I like to be on the east side. Okay. And a quick question. So on the east side, do I see, like, woods or something? You're actually looking out towards open expanse more so, like the rest of his farm and everything like that. Gotcha. Are there any, like, sources of light out there? Mm, um, not that you see. The... So, if the door is actually pointed north and we'll have it be, that's where town is. So we'll see light coming from town at a far distance, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, not enough light to really make anything magical. And tonight's lighting conditions are pretty low. Like, uh, there's not, like, a full moon or anything like that. Okay, well, I, so, I have dark vision, so, like, I can see in the dark. Money. I just want to make sure that, like, okay. it's not just, like, oh, there's clearly a mob of orcs coming through, like, and here's, like, a little spotlight tower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that yet. Gotcha. Alright, nothing seems, uh, I'm going to take a look at the woods. The fields. The wooden fields. <laughs> Man, this liquor is good. <laughs> um, I forgot. I wanted everyone's passive perception to be written on your encounter cards as well. And that just is the passive wisdom right here that says? Yes. It should be on your character sheet as passive wisdom. Yep. Okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, more of a plus one does not suffice. It's perception, isn't it? Uh, I'm assuming it means 11. Yeah, yeah, so it should be 11, yes. Cool. Wait a second, what? Oh, my wisdom? Okay. Yeah, passive Passive. is just, you're taking a 10 on your perception is what's happening. Okay. Cool. Um, Yeah. 
some of the nuances of 5e that we are now getting into. Yes. Uh, Corian, would it be beneficial for another person to be on the west side loft? Oh, certainly. You're more than welcome to. Okay. I'll climb up. Cool. Alright. And so. I will clear up some space, shoo some animals away, and start uh, taking care of my sword, and then going through my spell book. Sure. So I've got one guy up on the east, one guy up on the west. Um, you guys did bolt down the door mm-hmm. with the lock provided, mm-hmm. and more of a, your location in the barn, anywhere in specific, or... Um, I'm gonna be near the door that I put the trap on, okay. just in case I hear it go off. Sure. So you're gonna actually sit close to the main door there. Yes. Cool. Alright. So as the night goes on, you find that it's going to be very easy to stay up, because there are so many animals in here, and they're all making a ton of noise. Uh, this makes it hard for you, more about to concentrate on the front door. Mm-hmm. And who is on the west side? Uh, that's me. Okay. Notch. Notch. So, are you actively looking out the window? Well, or are you reading? I'm reading <laughs> and then looking out the window every couple of pages or so. Okay, but and then I'm gonna go buy a passive here. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. I'm. I don't know how that's all going to work out, like when to choose passive and when not, and maybe someone will write in and tell us like if, if there are set rules on it, but uh, it'll be up to you guys to say, like, you know, my character is actively doing this thing, right. and then I will give you a role, otherwise I'm always going to land back on passive if your character's like not actually asking Sounds for right. Yeah, sounds good. Good. So, Notch is a 12, Morva is an 11, and... It looks like Morva is going to be startled. Oh, Quarion, are, are you? How close are you to the door? You know, realistic sense. Honestly, I'd probably be more towards the back of the thing. Okay, cool. So Morva, um, next thing you know, there is a pounding at the door, um, and not the pounding of a fist knocking to get in, but the pounding of you know thrashing against the door. Uh, you look at the door, and you notice that the lock has fallen off of the door. And the hinges of the door seem to be holding up as this thrashing occurs, but that's where you're at. And you're probably the only one who notices it first, so I'd like to give you first response. Okay. I'm going to grab my hammer and just kind of, like, get up and be like, Hey, guy. So the hey guy was towards Corian, who didn't hear you. Guy. Corian is still sharpening his sword away. Uh, the watch pulse are getting louder. Um, we'll say that you guys up on the thing now start hearing it through the windows. Okay. Um, you know, somehow you can kind of get the sounds of the animals inside out from the sounds throughout coming outside the window. Um, and you still hear nothing, Corian. So I'm going to stand up and take a look out the window to see if I see anything. You're east side, right? I am east side. Yeah, you see nothing. How about west side? Um, you can give me a perception check. Or, there are perception checks still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nat 20. Nat 20. Okay. Um, so you're west side, correct? West side. 
So you're looking out the west side window. You obviously can't see the front of the barn where you're at. Right. But you look down to the left, and one of those chicken coops, you catch the glint of a man's leg. Okay. Um, kind of sticking out from the side of the chicken coop. And as you continue to watch with your natural 20, uh, you see his like head poke around the corner a little bit. He is in pretty good darkness, so do you have dark vision? Yes. Um, is dark vision still like 60 feet? Yeah, 65. Mm-hmm. 60 feet. Okay, I'm going to say that uh, he's still kind of, you know, hidden from you, but definitely humanoid, um, adult size. Okay. Um, I'm going to use one of my cantrips, Thaumaturgy, which uh, allows me to boom my voice. Like triple it. Uh, okay. I'm gonna call out um, for Merwin. Just check if it's him or not. Or not. Okay. Um, Do I hear that from where I'm at? Do you hear what? I'm sorry. Do I hear it? Is is his voice loud enough to for me to hear? Yes, it will be loud enough for him you to hear. Oh, is Merwin outside? So something is. While you're looking out the window and you called out, mm-hmm. um, you can give me a second perception check. Sure. Nine plus two. Eleven. Okay. Um, the man dis- disappears behind the coop, um, and you see three... Actually, they're probably within enough vision light for you to see three wolves running to where the man is. Okay. Um, In response to your calling out. Yeah. They're booming out. Still booming. Uh, I'm going to let the rest of you guys know. There's three wolves by the chicken coop. All right. Well, well then let's stop them. So. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to, like, burst out the door. Yeah. Okay. So, um, though the lock is off, you still have to lift the front door thing. So while he's doing that, I'm going to just, like, grab the ladder, put my, click my heels on the side of it, and just slide on down. Sure. That's fine. And, um, Corian, you are, I guess, up and mm-hmm. running towards the door. And you're still on the second floor. I might as well just shoot the wolves. I can just blast them. Okay. Is it is that an auto-hit with what you do, or no? No, I had to roll for it. If they were visible, I, and it's 120-foot range, so if I can see them, I can shoot them. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, take a shot, that's fine. Sweet. Alright, so, um... Do me a favor and roll a d6. D6. Yeah. Six. Okay. Um, so you see some silver shining and my eyes glow. Perfect. Um, Crack. There we go. So that will be a 22. Okay. So this blast, uh, this is like your Elder's yeah, Blast. Yeah, it's my Elder's Blast. Right? Yeah, it comes radiating out of your hand and hits this beast-like animal for uh, one point of damage one point of damage (laughs) alright so uh, it yelps but keeps it moving by the time you guys get out the front door there is nothing to see um Notch which direction do they go towards the coop west past it do they keep on going past it yeah it's northwest is where the coop is in relation to the front door that you're coming out of do they go past did I notice or uh, well, you lost track of them once they get behind the coop. Okay. They completely are out of his vision once they get behind the coop. So keep running, men. Check the coop. 
All right. Um, just because the amount of time that they have ahead of you guys, mm-hmm. you're going to do a lot of searching. Um, but, you know, where these coops are is where there's also a lot of buildings in the west there. Okay. Um, so there's no chance of you guys finding them, unfortunately. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you may finish your watch in the barn if you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you may also investigate if you'd also like to. Yeah. Um, are there any more chickens? Okay. Yeah, are the chickens... Well, we'll check on the chickens. The, they have all been removed out of the coops for the night. Oh, they're, okay. they're in your big barn. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. Gotcha. Well, can I um, use my investigate skill to, like, look for some stuff and, like, maybe the chicken coop or... Yeah, exa- definitely. You you can investigate everything See here. if it was just, like, a wolf... Is it, like, wolf scratches? Let me kind of roll, or... Yeah, can I just quick use my cantrip to close the barn door? Sure. So the chickens don't get out. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> keep, keep the animals in. So you close the barn door, and what would you like to investigate, Wimble? Uh, well, the first thing I want to do is take a look at the um, chicken coop. Okay. Um, so I just want to see, like, did he say there was a man? I guess he called out for somebody. I, I called out for a Merwin, because that's the only guy that I thought it could be. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to take a look to see if I like saw any like footprints or anything like that. Sure. Or, uh, so 14 plus a... So, a 19? Yes. On my investigation? So, there are definitely footprints. The person is not light-footed in any way um, who was behind that chicken coop. He is also wearing shoes, which uh, left ridges. He wasn't barefoot at all. And there are multiple tracks of three different animals. They're different animals. Earth, yeah. Well, three animals. Okay, 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 I gotcha. Yeah, I guess they look similar in type. And um, they do look like, you know, dog paws or wolf paws. Gotcha. And um, did I see, like, any floorboards or anything getting ripped up in, like, the chicken coop? No, no, it doesn't look like there's been any entrance. Um, With your 19, you could see where they ran off to. And um, ultimately, I guess, if if, if you guys spent the 5 to 10 minutes following the tracks, which we'll say at some point you guys did, uh, they headed back into town. Okay. Or okay. towards that direction, at least. Gotcha. All right, so... And when I go back to take a look at the um, barn, do I see a... I'll let anyone else just get a chance to investigate some other things. Okay, sure. Uh, so what we're going to tie up Baybree's uh, looking at these tracks and collecting all that information for the next, you know, five to ten minutes or so. Um, Morva, would you like... Were there... I don't know, is there any wolves in the mountains where I grew up? Um, we'll say that, like, yeah, you definitely, you know winter wolves, which would be up in the north where you are. I don't know, is there any distinction between the winter wolves and, like, these tracks here? Uh, the wolves that you know have much larger feet than this. Okay, so, I just look at them and, like, small wolves. Okay. Nothing really interesting. Gotcha. Alright, and um, I would have left these two to investigate and return to the barn door to make sure nothing, you know, snuck by or whatever. Sure. Um, so outside the barn door, do I notice anything different about the barn doors? They've been ripped up really bad on the front. Um, and they, they weren't like that before, so okay. this is possibly the first time they had a hard time getting in. I, I don't know. Gotcha. But yes, the, the barn doors are ripped up in the front from animals ripping them up. Did uh, the trap get set off? Uh, no, the trap did not get set off, and also the trap is no longer out front there. 
They stole my trap. Okay, when Morva comes back. Fascinating. I can't believe that they were attacking the door and we didn't notice. You couldn't hear me. What do you mean I couldn't hear you? I was calling to you. Were you? Yeah. Are you sure? I, guy. I, I'm an elf. I have rather good guy. Yeah. What is a guy? I don't know what you are. I mean, you're an elf, yeah, but... I'm Corin Zillison. If you wanted to get my attention, then one of those two names should have been... <laughs> Forgot. Sorry. I see. I, I, I probably also would have re uh, responded to Lord or Sir, possibly. Okay, so you guys, <laughs> you know, um, you, you have the interchange more of it. You need to show a little more respect to Corin if you want to get his attention. Um, and anyone else want to investigate anything, or can I go back to Baybreeze? Yeah, I've just been hanging up. Cool, Baybreeze. So you get back from all that, you share some of the information with the party, that it looks like the tracks, including the wolf tracks, at least headed towards town. What else would you like to investigate, if anything? Uh, have you got... So anyway, guys, after taking a look, and the tracks go back right into town, did any of you talk to, uh, Finnegan while... Did he come out? Is he okay? Uh, it's probably safer for him just to stay inside. I mean, if he had come out when they were attacking the barn, something might have happened to him. So I believe we should just wait for tomorrow morning to uh, report. All right. Okay. Besides, he runs the farm all by himself. He probably needs his sleep. Mm -hmm. None of the animals yeah. got hurt, so mm -hmm. we're doing our job. Cool. So you guys... Cool to move to the next day? I guess. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to end it there, take a quick break, and we're going to come back to discuss uh, one of our 5E topics for the day. All right? Good. Welcome to Tavern Talk. Uh, this is the time where we look at the rules and compare them to Pathfinder compared to 5th edition. Today our focus is on the character building, um, and I say that in the most general sense in that we're going to just look at the official D&D 5e character sheet next to a Pathfinder character sheet. And we know there's many different types of Pathfinder character sheets, but uh, that's just like the notes we're working off of. So uh, anyone have anything right off the bat that they can see is a big change when building a character? Well, probably the biggest thing to new people to 5e is uh, there isn't a big slot for feats um, on the 5e thing. I don't even think mine has one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that uh, like feats in Pathfinder, you basically need them for like all your like most of what we do is like all combat feats. So you basically have like all these new moves. Whereas in Pathfinder, you kind of like from what I'm just seeing with my rogue, like you you have a lot less, um, like, rogues every level you got a feat, right? So, like, an additional one. And this, like, feats are, are if you don't want to take an ability point. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see it. Because there's a whole separate there's a whole separate column in the Pathfinder just for feats. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that actually, um, you know, just, just to sum up that point, uh, there are tons of alternate rules. Mm -hmm. And I just got the DMG, and the DMG is filled with alternate play rules. So it's going to be really weird when we look at 5e because they basically tried to, I guess, say, like, we're different, but we don't have to be different in that there's a variant rule for everything if you want to get things back. So, like, I'm on page 176 of the Player's Handbook, 
and there's a variant for encumbrance um, so that you can actually keep track of that stuff like we did in Pathfinder uh, in that your strength score determined, what is it, uh, how much you can drag, how much you can lift overhead, all those things. But um, the, the other one that I'm trying to find is the feats. There is a whole entire section in the Player's Handbook mm -hmm. where, uh, as Matt was saying, you give up your ability score bonus, and that's the plus two ability score every three levels in 5e, mm -hmm. for one of these feats. And Sam had some interesting points about that giving up the two, whether or not it's worth it, or, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, I was looking through those, and some of them do offer, like, a plus one in one of your ability scores, which is kind of uh, fun, because that way you can still get something else. Um, and then charge is an option in combat anymore, but you can take a feat to get charge. Um, and there's some that are reminiscent of power attack and other things like that, so they look like the normal feats. They just act a little differently. There is a variant rule in the DMG. I don't know the page for Cleave, too. Oh, yeah? So you can have Cleave back if you want to run that variant rule from the DMG. Nice. Uh, any other big changes, guys? Well, building off of that ability score improvement, right? I'm trying to find the page, but um, I believe I read that you can only max out at 20 now, which when Correct. I first heard, I was really happy about from a... I don't know whether it was from a DM or from a player's perspective. It's just that, you know, um, when people just go and dump all their points into a stat, it gets kind of weird in situations, you know? So this encourages more, like, um, balance across your stat line and just being better overall as a character rather than, like, losing a really minor contest at a high level to Joe Blow just because, you know? <laughs> Right. Like, it's one of those things, if you're going to be adventuring, like, you're going to have all over higher scores rather than just having a super high, you know, intelligence as an adventurer, you know? Right, and I like that, um, the fact that it limits you to 20, that means that with the feats, you could definitely say, well, if I'm at, like, uh, this guy has 18 decks, uh, Wimble, mm -hmm. so if he, I mean, there's no reason for me to dump more points in the decks... I'd rather just take feats that maybe one would add, like, mm -hmm. additional decks or things that would help balance out everything else. So, yeah. and I, I personally, I like the fact that we're not, I'm not sure if we're doing this, but I like the fact that we're not, like, worrying about encumbrance and everything right now. It's always been, like, a, I enjoy playing, like, realistically, but I don't like having to say, well, can I carry this pot and pan? Or will I not be able to have my dexterity modifier when I'm fighting because of that? Right. Like, I like to have the all the different things, like, um, that you can kind of carry around without having to worry about real-world encumbrance. Like, uh, like with his, with uh, Jeremy's chain, you know, I would hate to say that, like, this chain weighs five pounds because mm -hmm. it's made of obsidian and is a um, actual, like, you know, thing. So if I hold it, I'd be like, oh, gosh, like, I, I, that's cool for me to play, but I wouldn't be like... Well, he's down. Let me hold it, and like I'm carrying this like giant chain, like lugging it around. Like that would be really bad mechanically. So we definitely need to get to that too. The removal of small and large equipment and weapons, because mm -hmm. Matt's playing Babries, who is a gnome, which is small type still, right? Right. Yeah. Well, there's no small anymore, is there? Well, from from Pathfinder at least, I I don't know if they're still considered small or not. Uh, oh. Let me finish up one thought though. So. With the max out of 20, mm -hmm. the only other thing to add on is epic tier characters all get a max of 24 in their key stats when they reach level 20. So, like, for the Barbarian, he gets Primal Champion, um, which is page 49 of the Player's Handbook. 
and your strength and constitution scores increase by four, your maximum for these scores is now 24. And that gets into a whole other area of multi-classing, which I'm really not happy with slash confused about in Pathfinder. So I'll notch that down, but let's get into uh, small, medium, large aspects of 5th edition. So if no one's got a starting point for that, I would just say like uh, weapon damage size. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead, Reed. All right. So I, we did not release this episode, but we did play through a good portion of the starter module. 4th edition to get a custom of rules. And the biggest problem I was dealing that, the biggest problem I was running into was my goblins were dealing medium-sized damage when they're small goblins. And the other problem with that is the finesse roll, but we'll leave that aside for now since we're dealing with medium and small rules. But uh, the fact that smaller characters deal more damage, which is a little counterintuitive, is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean... It maybe not play as many small characters, because I didn't want to deal with... The plus one AC. Well, (laughs) the plus one AC, which after a while is becomes arbitrary, but with the... And you got a plus one to attack, too. But Mm -hmm. the minimal damage is like a D4 instead of a D6 from a short sword. just makes you feel so weak. And then... um, I guess it makes you feel weak, but it's only a difference of one, really, on average, you know? Yeah, that's true, but... There were, there were other times, and then uh, along with that, I forgot what I was going to say. So well, um, sorry. Matt just pulled up something in the player's handbook. Yeah, on page uh, 37, it says gnomes' uh, size. Gnomes are between 3 and 4 feet tall and average about 40 pounds. Your size is small. So, so yeah. I don't know how I so did think I forgot, and I was reading through, it was either the Manchester Manual or the DMG, but obviously there still are size categories. There has to They mm-hmm. have to keep them for right. large creatures, taking up you know 10 foot by 10 foot, yeah. things like that. But yeah, I mean, there wasn't any bonus to AC. I didn't see any. I didn't see any hindrance nor bonus to being small in this, and I like that because it kind of gives it gives me a reason to play a small character and not just be like I'm a human now. And if you right. notice, none of our people are human. Right. So I'm not. I when I when I saw that list because this is the first time I even I, I even looked at our characters. Um, I was like, so who here doesn't have dark vision? Like, in my head was, do we all really hate having to carry around light that much? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was convenient. I, I have low light vision. That's, yeah. At least it's not regular. Oh, I, oh, I, I take nothing. that back. Nothing. Oh. I take that back. I forgot they got rid of low light vision. I have dark vision. Oh, you have dark, just straight yeah, dark vision? I have Must straight dark nice. vision. So he's not only blind. Either. I didn't. I didn't get to read through it. Did they have at least different feet increments for dark vision, depending on how dark visioning you are? Does I haven't mean? looked into the feet, honestly. I've got sixty. 60. Yeah, sixty. Um, tieflings were the higher increment, I think, so before in the previous edition. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but maybe. yeah. Okay, interesting. I think there are maybe monsters that have one twenty. Yeah. Is chance that hold on? I, I wonder if Drew are in here. I mean, don't hold on. Keep on talking. Yeah. <laughs> so um, races is kind of the train we're on. Let's stick with that. Uh, I love that there's uh, sub-races. I think that's really, really good. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Pathfinder had many, 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 many races to choose from, but I think that sub-races just makes everything so much simpler. And who knows how many more players' handbooks they're going to come out with to see if they flood us with like race choices and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is cool just to say, like, cool, I'm... What, what is it? High Elf for Elves? You can be a Drow. You can be... A wood elf is the third mm-hmm. one? Yes. Yeah. 
And there's just a lot of flavor, too. Flavor mm-hmm. that they hand you, which is really cool. Like, it, it really adds to my world-building experience um, in a way that's simpler than reading the Monster Manual description for every single type of creature. Because I think in Pathfinder, like, Dro was in the monster in the bestiary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to know more about Dro's, go to the bestiary and read it. Um, so, yeah, it's just cool. Like, how much how much time and effort they put into the flavor of the races now. Um, they did have sub-races in... Um, Pathfinder, and they did have alternate class uh, race features as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that you know they put that in the main book in this one, you know, and made it front and center, and made it completely set in stone, I guess helps. Um, and just for the record, I just double checked Dro, and Dro still have quote superior dark vision, which is one twenty. Okay. Okay. That's something they've always had from previous editions. So. Gotcha. Cool. There are different increments. Can I hurt you have something on that topic? Good. Um, I think they really are putting more of a stress on role playing, which um, the personality traits and ideals and stuff is. I think I like it just because it's an easy way to build a character. Um, this is something that everyone who's played D and D has always done, but this is kind of more. I can just glance down at my sheet and be like, "How wouldn't my character react?" It's a lot easier to get into the psychology of them. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, when I was actually building it with uh, with Ben, I remember um, it, it was like when I was just doing it myself. I'm like, well, my character wouldn't have any flaws, you know. Like and all all of the other characters that we have, like we find our flaws playing the character. When I had a, I just decided to roll it out, or like I looked through and I saw one I liked. Um, I just said, you know, well, this this is actually nice to have a mental flaw that I'm not. I'm not particularly uh, saying that, you know, this is my flaw, like, glaringly obvious. But, like, I'm just playing a character who likes to drink. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just makes it easier for me to say, you know, well, yeah, like, this is just what my character would do. And in my head, I'm like, this is what my character would do anyway. It's not affecting, like, his job. I'm not sure if it's affecting the way you guys see it. Right. But, you know, um, when Mordecai, when, like, he would walk around, like, I, I really, I, I always wonder, like, what's Mordecai's flaw? He's, like, supposed to be the superior... And like I'm like I guess his biggest flaw is that like he didn't have like a sense of direction with his god, and like in this book they have that kind of stuff with paladins. They have that with you know all different types of um, character class and everything. Like when you're setting them up, and it's nice that they split it up between um, what kind of like what's your background, like your character background. Uh, I'm a sage. Yeah, and I'm a sailor. So like the sages and the sailors all have like different focuses. Mm-hmm. So it really made it a lot easier for me to build my who is my character and why would I do. X. Yeah. And I, I know I've been on record, and I don't know how true it is or where I got the idea from, but I, I keep saying, and uh, I think it's the reason in the character introductions that J- Jeremy had said that he heard that 5th edition was more accessible. I had said that, and I'm trying to remember if it's actually like what they've been saying or if it's just something that we thought when we picked it up or I thought when we picked it up. But yes, you could have come up with your own mind what a sailor would look like and how a sailor would act and what sort of bonuses you would get for being a sailor. Right. But to be sure that it would be balanced enough in the game and that you could stay true to that is just always so difficult. So, like, where D&D allows for that freedom, sometimes it leads to a lot of, you know, power players and not paying as much attention as you should to certain things. So it, it is cool that they, they play tested and they balanced it. Right. And on that note, I've always said that D&D, whenever I describe it to people who don't play D&D, D&D is like playing house, but with rules. So I can't just drive the car up the wall and say, like, oh, I'm back home from, like, you know, whatever. Like, when, when you're a kid and, you know, if you if you guys ever, like, race monster talks with your friends, they're, 
you know, if you ever, like, played all, like, fight in the backyard, it's like, oh, I shot you. It's like, no, you missed me. Or, you know, D&D is that, but it has specific rules. That's why we roll dice, and it's not just an arbitrary, let's do storytelling. Because there's better games for just storytelling. I like the fact that they give, um, on Ben's note, they give a, this is what your bonuses are for this part of the story. And you can't just go back and forth and go back and forth. Like, you... Out of the whole other of character development, you pick your character and you help build it with all the tools they give you, which I th- I personally like this a lot more than Pathfinder, but it also limits you to what you're doing, but that's good because then you can't just say, well, I'm the Green Ranger today and, you know, now I'm, uh, now I'm Zordon. Like, you can't, you can't just kind of go back and forth, so I like that a lot. So... Um, you guys were actually, this whole entire discussion was spurred by talking about the flaws, ideals, bonds, personality traits. Um, I did not award any inspiration this play session so far. And I know that before the DMG came out, a lot of people in on Twitter and I think a couple forums that I was reading around were talking about inspiration and how to award it and things like that. Um, and I just wonder what your guys... Uh, you know, where you guys lean as far as a variant rule on inspiration or the core rule. So the core rule for inspiration originally in the player's handbook is that the DM is going to provide you an inspiration point to be used for advantage on one skill check uh, or other type of role. It's, I don't think it's an attack role. Maybe it is, but um, regardless, uh, in the DMG they, they provide the variant, which a lot of other people were saying, where players award each other inspiration, where you guys sit around and say, like, oh, good, like you're really playing your character. So one opportunity tonight was obviously Baybreeze, picking up that alcohol. He didn't have to tell me that his character was role-playing to pick up an alcohol, but he did, and that was one of his flaws that came out. And that should have been, uh, you know, a chance for an inspiration point. Another one, I think, for Corian was um, when he really handled well uh, Morva's character, like, meeting a Dragonborn, because uh, his character has, first of all, a, a need to protect the helpless and the low down, and part of the background of the Dragonborns is that, is that they were screwed. So, like, um, you know, just, just the fact, like, he responded so kindly to a Dragonborn meeting one where he's kind of high up and mighty in other times was just, like, you know, an, another another chance. So, um, do you guys like it having, and, you know, it's probably a player group by player group, like me having to keep track of all of these ideals, bonds, knowledge, flaws, um, or would you guys like to know each other's bonds, ideals, flaws, and personality traits on a sheet that we all shared and kind of look at them and know each other's things and award inspiration yourselves? Well, that's either up to you or not. I mean, if you wanted to learn all of ours, then you would be able to do it. But, I mean, if you think that we would all be more lenient towards giving each other inspiration points, or maybe not lenient, more open to. Oh, so you're saying, like, you're kind of power gaming a little bit in that... I'll I'll give you an inspiration point. I thought the the variant rule was if I gain an inspiration point, I can then give that to another player. That's, that's a core role. Oh, that's the core role? In the DMG, uh, they provide another Dungeon Master's Guide. Uh, they now have new rules, variant rules for inspiration. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a variant role in the PHP to hand yeah. them to each other, but um, I do know, like I said, I was reading through the DMG just the other day, and um, I was like, oh, inspiration, more rules on this. And there's lots and lots of variant rules in the DMG, so. I kind of I lean more towards the DM giving it. Yeah, I mean, so on Jeremy's note of, you know, the players handling it, there is always that possibility that it could be, you know, abused. Um, The other thing 
the other question is whether or not, like, we all have our backstories and nobody's read our backstories and we haven't listened to episode zero yet to hear about our characters, you know? So it's one of those things that sometimes it's nice to keep secrets from other people and then have it be a plot point that it's discovered, you know? Oh, yeah, I was, so I was a huge fan of that. if we keep yeah. our flaws and bonds, you know, to ourselves, then obviously the DM has to, but it would also provide more role-playing opportunities later on, you know? Yeah. Um, the Morningstar tool, the digital tool that was supposed to come out, was supposed to provide me with a screen where I could keep all those things up while we're role-playing. I could literally see, like, your names, your passive perception, and your ideas, bonds, and flaws, and just, like, not have to worry about having your character sheets in front of me. So it really sucks that they, they quit on that. Hopefully they'll reboot it or something, but it's coming out for Pathfinder. So everyone who's gung-ho about Pathfinder, you're going to get the cool tool that 5e was going to have. Um... I think we are running pretty late here. Anyone have any final wrap-up thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, just to top that off, I also like the fact that DM is handing out those uh, points. Um, I would hate to see like us kind of power game with it. And just like Reed said, I like finding out things about the world through other people and interacting mm-hmm. with it. I still have no idea really what happened between the Dragonborn and the Elves, mm-hmm. or if anything happened between them. But I'm more, I'm, I would rather find out after like maybe like five or six play sessions if I'm like, look, I don't know it, let me just ask them about it outside of the game. I'd rather do that than like look at their character sheets about it. But I know I definitely, after reading all of like the backstory that we have for my character, I would love to read that with everybody else's, but definitely not at first. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, so that was Tavern Talk. Thank you guys for tuning into the Pathless Podcast. We have a website. It's pathlesspod.com. We also have a faith, Facebook page, Twitter account, uh, and we're on iTunes. So you can get to all those things through Pathless Pod. Feel free to send us an email on our contact page, which is in the top right of our website, or leave us any rating or reviews on iTunes. If you prefer to email, we are, uh, I believe it's contact at pathlesspod.com. Should get you to my email address for the website. And outside of all that, again, we just thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we're glad that some people are enjoying this. Until next time, remember, you're not cool till you serve Narul. Yeah.